0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. I've got a new, we're using a new mic. I tested it out yesterday, seemed to be working, but can you hear a tap when I do that? Oh, good morning. So yesterday's Q&A was pretty awesome. Thanks everybody for showing up. Um, Oh, let's see if we can get that there, get that there. One day we'll get the perfect angle. I can hear the taps. Yay! Look at that. So tell me, where did you hide the drugs? Um, <laughs> yes, thanks to you, to our good friend, volunteer extraordinaire, Josh, for saying, hey, we can fix the sound, and we can fix the sound affordably, and so I went to Fred Myers, my favorite grocery store, that has an electric department in it, and, uh, And I got that and then I got a connector. So um, eventually we'll learn how to use the Mevo. Maybe if anybody has any Mevo experience out there, you can send us uh, some instructions. Um, It's tough to get everything moving. Um, Josh is very busy and uh, I am not great at electronics. Well, welcome to Revolution. Uh, yesterday we had a QA and a and that was a lot of fun and um, ended up having a few of my friends. One of my friends was about, just got in the last few minutes, but I did have folks, friends, gatherers, <laughs> um, make it out from the UK and Northern Ireland. And uh, so that was really cool. Like. It was cool to do that. It was cool to hear what some of you had to say. A lot of hard questions. It's so funny, you do the Q&A and you think, oh, they're going to ask about my parents. They're going to be like, so tell me, how do you know that God is, exists and He's good? You know, you're kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> That's... If I could answer that, I would be... I would write it down in a book. <laughs> and, be, and it would be a bestseller. Um, so, folks, here's the thing. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get my overpriced bodega diet cola, diet coke. Um, you pay. It's the convenience you pay for, because you can walk there and get it. Um, and we are going to talk about. I need a table. I need to get a table because I got to keep reaching over to my TV stand to get everything. Today, we are going to talk about uh, some responses I got to a meme. I don't know why. I've been talking about memes lately. Um, But I was just reading this thing from, um, oh, uh, what was this? Gonzo, you know, the Gonzo reporter. Um, What was his name? And he says, you know, most people say I watch TV too much. And he says, but I'm watching it to respond. And so I would say that sometimes people say I spend too much time online. But I spend my time online to talk back, to respond. But I usually have better responses here than I do online. Um, Plus, when you have dyslexia, trying to spell or voice talk, and then I have to go back and re-edit it, and it's always crazy. But I put up this meme of Gary Oldman... Uh, Commissioner Gordon said Vicious, um, saying, just because I disagree with you does not mean that I hate you. And then and below that, it's another picture of feminism now, we need to le- relearn that. Now, I was accused of that being a false quote, and someone saying, well, no, he didn't, you know, that was said by Rick Joyner, huh? You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I, honestly, I, don't, I said, I've said it, you know, anybody could say it. Tupac actually said something very similar, as, you know, Just because you're my enemy doesn't mean I don't want you to eat. I just don't want you sitting at my table, you know. So, um, a lot of people have noticed that the ability or inability for us to argue well, uh, the inability for us to disagree without hating each other is a problem. Or wishing evil, or wishing canceling, uh, not knowing nuances... um, if you notice a lot in the media yesterday, I noticed there was one story about uh, that kept going on and about how like these people had written in a letter for somebody. Um, and it was a horrible, horrible situation, but it was like, no one notices nuances. No one notices relationships. No one, I think, you know, it's just, we want to say like, good, bad, good, bad, evil, good, you know, and, and that doesn't, life doesn't work that way. Good people, great people do horrible, horrible things, you know, and horrible, horrible people do really, really, really great things as well. So uh, it's called life. It's nuanced. It's, it's different. We, we, we've got to learn to embrace this, and this is why arguing well is, is good. And now I'm not an, always an expert at arguing well, you know. Um, sometimes I get so angry and so hurt that I have to take time away and I have to process. So I would say that that might be probably part of arguing well, is making sure that you're able to, that you're not going to just go in and just start throwing fists or screaming or yelling, you know. Um, when I was a teenager, I, I would often just go to that. Even in my younger years as, as, as an early, as a younger minister, you know, I would get invite, invited to all these, like, big Christian events. And they'd be like, we're gonna do this Christian event, and we're gonna do this bands, and then we're gonna make them all sign contracts that say they're in prayer, and they're not having sex, and they're not masturbating. You know, I'm going like, are you guys insane? You know, and then everybody would get mad at me because I just said that they were all insane because, like, these bands are on tour, you think they're just gonna pray about this gig? Or that they're, you know, they're gonna, you know, or you can't they can't play within 500 miles? or you're going to like ask him not, you know, a contract not to touch themselves like that Like Christians have such weird fantasies and sin control and ideas that are so unbiblical sometimes that it's mind-boggling. So I would often stand up against it. And then they would find the guy who was a little bit more popular than me, uh, you know, at the event and sit down and be like, well, Jay, Reverend so-and-so, Bishop so-and-so thinks, you know, we will be sitting at the table together. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days, my friends. Um, I learned a lot. I learned to shut, shut the hell up a lot after that. I'm already an introvert, but when I get in a crowd and I get feisty, but now I I'm still kind of quiet until it comes to, 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 to speaking with you my friends um q a has been good oh dan uh, mcclellan sent me a really great book on paul and i think we're going to try to do a paul study i just got to figure out a night to do it but oh it, it's really good the scholarship it's all scholarship and i think i'm going through the scholarship of romans is a cool idea and like I have said, you know, the, reclaiming Paul is part of, of the Reformation, folks. I mean, Paul was pretty much the reason for the Reformation 500 years ago, believe it or not. Um, so anyway, I put up this meme that said, think differently. And of course, we get people saying like, well, unless they don't tolerate my lifestyle or they don't see my existence... Unless they don't like these people or do that, you know. And I had put up argue well in there as well, and and everybody wanted an asterisk, and that's the same with grace. We always want an asterisk of, on grace of like who it's for and who it's not. And so I did get into the discussions there because I I couldn't just sit there. I, I had to say, well, these this is exactly the folks we need to be talking to, you know. We need to be, you know. I've seen churches. And, and someone asked, that, actually said, well, it's probably based on the locations of the churches you talked into. Southern churches where I've met with pastors over time about their churches becoming affirming, and their churches became affirming. You know, I've worked with Soulforce and other groups where we worked with churches and saw them change. So, my argument is, is when you say, Oh, well, I don't want to talk to people like that who don't recognize, my argument is like, well, what if Dr. King refused to talk to people who recognized his humanity. I mean, Dr. King would sit there and they would call him Martin Luther Kuhn, to his face. And he would... didn't flinch. We're talking a guy who died in his 30s, okay? Early 30s, you know. So when when we look at people like Gandhi and and Dr. King and, and Malcolm X and people who work, you know, and I had some people say, well, I don't do that anymore. I don't work, I don't argue with those folks. I mean, and I'm going, like, how do we say we don't do that anymore? And my, my argument is going to be, uh, if, if you are a follower of Christianity, I don't think that's necessarily the biggest option. I think we're all different parts, but I think this is a big one, and I think it's a basic one. And, and so I'm going to give you my argument here. You take it with you. Uh, Teresa, thank you. Does that mean you're leaving? <laughs> that I've said something wrong? I, I don't ever know. When someone says something nice to me, I'm like, oh, does that mean I upset them? And they're saying farewell, eat well. I'm going to challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm here to challenge everyone today. Um, myself included. Um, about arguing well. Now, there will be times when it, it gets harder to argue well. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Um, there are times when... When, um, when arguing well doesn't work, but it's kind of our first, <laughs> thank you, Teresa, I'm sorry, I, I'm an insecure son of a gun, but there is times where, where, where it does work, and we're having a conversation where it's, and it doesn't even, it's not even arguing, it's just recognizing each other's humanity, it's just small talk and then the disagreeing well, and then maybe arguing well. It happens in time. But I'm going to talk about the Beatitudes and the part of the Beatitudes that, you know, I mean, if you go to, like, any, like, liberal fest, and I guess there's not many left festivals left, but, like, um, what's the one in North Carolina that I got in trouble at? Um, Wild Goose. They're going to be all about the Beatitudes, you know, and the health, the poor, the, you know. But it's like that last part seems to get ignored. And here's the thing, that, that great thing that brings the church together. What is things that bring conservative and <laughs> together? Their inability to talk to each other. Their inability their ability to scapegoat each other. And their inability to argue well. And, um, and that's a problem in the church today. So here we go. Bam! Suspect device. And turn with me, if you will. You know, I'm excited or had too much caffeine when I start singing in the middle of my talking. Um, Matthew 5. You think after this long doing this, I would just have either printed it out or bookmarks. Oh, boom, Matthew 5, here we are. And we're going to talk about the end part of the Beatitudes and look at that, because I think we do a lot of focus on like, blessed are the mourning, blessed are the poor, you know, they will, you know, blessed the mourn, they will inherit, you know, they will be, you know, all that kind of stuff. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called children of God. Now, I think the peacemaker plays a big part in this. And I think everybody wants to say, oh, I'm a, you know, blessed are the, nobody wants to be a peacemaker. Why? Because being a peacemaker realizes that you are going to have to sit within the room of your enemy or with friends of your enemies or enemies to bring two enemies together. There's going to be conflict. There is no conflict avoidance in being a peacemaker. You're being a peacemaker because you're coming in where there is conflict. Hopefully there's conflict. Because the absence of conflict then, if there is no conflict between these two, they're in war, and they're killing each other, and they're destroying each other. So that's what happens when we avoid conflict. That's why I have such an issue with arguing well, is because I don't think people are just avoiding. I think people are avoiding, and then they're scapegoating. So they're saying, well, I will talk to anybody but these people, those people. So inherently, those people are evil, or bad, or not worthy of my time. Those people are unlovable. They can't repent. They can't change. There's no hope for them. Grace is not sufficient. That's what you're saying when you say, I will, I will, or, and this is the thing of the, the what, what that quote was, is just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I hate you. So I asked one person, I said, well, does this mean that you, you know, you disagree with me? So does this doesn't mean that you hate people. Well, how does hate come into it? I'm like, because that's the point. It just says because I disagree. That doesn't mean I hate you. So everybody's pushing back and they're saying, well, this is the rights argument for not liking, not loving gay people and blah, blah, and not recognizing my humanity. Maybe it is, but those are the folks we need to be talking to because those are the folks that we want to see change. Those are the folks we want to have open conversations with. You know, those are the folks, like I'm a gay firming, I'm an ally. That's, that's the hard work I had to do. I had to give up a lot. I had to be attacked by those people. I had to lose funding from those people. I've never recovered from that that battle, but I never gave up having that conversation. Now my LGBTQ brothers and sisters say, Hey Jay, we've got to have voice. You know, you're a white straight male, maybe back things up a little bit. So I back things up back beep, 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 you know, all, all. So there you go. Um, but we're always going to look for an asterisk. We're always going to have a reason. And I'm gonna say there is time for healing, there is time for therapy, there's time for preparation. This is not just a black and white issue. Nothing I speak about is. And so I'm not saying that this is what you're gonna go out and do tomorrow, but it's something to maybe start reading about, start thinking about, you know, seeking therapy about. I mean, honestly, that's what I've done. And there's still times I don't disagree well, okay? So we're gonna look at that. But let's look at the Beatitudes. What do the Beatitudes have to say? I'd say, at best, most of us have the the, uh, the C-attitudes, at best. Huh? But C-attitudes. Maybe D-attitudes. Some of you got D-attitudes, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's my dad joke for the day. Um, the D-attitudes. <laughs> Cracked myself up when I wrote that today. Um, Matthew uh, 5, 38 says, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you... and this is Jesus changing the biblical law. So this is like pretty radical. This is Jesus saying like, Hey, the Bible said, which wasn't called the Bible then, The Torah says, but I say... So this is where Jesus comes out as like, I'm a little bit more than just your average guy. I'm so, I, There's something special happening here because I'm changing the verses. I'm changing how we do, work with each other. So you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the evildoer. But I say, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Now, a lot of people have said, argue that this is a power move and different things like that. I think asking Dan about that would be great. He seems like he would probably know the tradition. I know what I've heard the traditions are, and I know what I've preached before, but now I'm like trying to go deeper and know, make sure that I'm communicating the correct traditions and not just making up something that sounds really awesome. Um, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give them your cloak as well. Now this is not fun stuff to hear and none of us want us to do that and none of us are you know none of us go into court and go, "Oh, you want this? All right. We'll take this too." <laughs> it's yours. All right. Can we can we go now? That's not usually how any of us work. But this is the beatitudes. This is the end of the beatitudes, folks. And if anyone forces you to go a mile, remember the mile, go an extra mile. So he's saying if if, 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 if this uh, if this Roman soldier who is occupying your territory and killing your friends and neighbors, I mean, see, this is like the thing, is like, well, toxic, they're toxic, Jay. I get toxic people, trust me. I deal with it all the time. People tell me that, you know, you're a freak, just like your parents, you know. You know, I I hear it all the time. You know. I'm 47. That was like 30-something years ago, and I still have people telling me I'm a freak like my parents. I've got one guy so obsessed with me denouncing my father on, on um, here's an option of arguing well. He was so obsessed with me denouncing my dad and saying how horrible my dad is. And even when I said we disagree on a lot of things, that still wasn't enough, that I finally had to block him I, on, on, on social media. I couldn't handle it anymore. So sometimes arguing well, you do your best, and then there's a time where you go like, maybe I can't do it. Um, so here this is literally about a Roman soldier okay this is someone forces you to walk a mile you go an extra mile you know, and I see Zoe talking about boundaries I've got boundaries but what I found with my boundaries is I have a door so I have boundary with my dad but as soon as me and my dad were able to talk or he sent a gift to my kids that wasn't you know, Bibles and things that were weird. That door opened a little bit. Because this is Christianity. This is grace. I'm not saying, if you're sitting here and you're going like, well, Jay, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in that shit. I don't want anything to do with it. Cool. I'm not telling you to do it. But I'm going to say, if you're going around being like... I'm a Christian or I'm a progressive Christian or I'm a Christian atheist or I'm a Christian theist or I'm a Christian Christian whatever kind of Christian 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 I am I'm saying this is part of the story this is part of this is Jesus saying these things so Jesus isn't just saying like Jesus is saying like hey go that extra mile and guess what that guy might be like you don't have to go an extra mile. so now you are end up talking to a Roman soldier now you're talking to your enemy and not just an enemy who can be toxic, but an enemy with a spear and a sword. Someone will cut your head off and kill you, or decide that your whole family needs to die. So this is what the Bible's saying, but we don't look at it that way anymore. We don't take it that seriously anymore. So now we want to cancel somebody because they like a different comedian than we do, or they laughed at a joke we shouldn't have listened into, or because they wrote a letter on behalf of a friend because a family member asked them to. You know, we want to cancel these people and destroy these people's lives and say they're toxic because we and they're people usually we don't even know or have a relationship with. You know, I've watched people destroy people over folks they don't know that I knew and going everything that's being said isn't true. And man, they're having a field day with making these things up and I know these people and I know the situation. But nobody cares enough to, to even talk to any of us who do know the situation. And when we do bring it up, they say we're not welcome there or that we're just white men. I mean, it was really bizarre. That's how a lot of us argue now. And so I think what happens is we get so hurt and so angry and so bitter that what we're operating out of is bitter and anger-ness, bitter and anger. And what that bitter and angerness turns into is this type of hate that we have for other people. And so we don't even have this basic thing of loving our enemies. I mean, people will come up and say I, to my mother and be like, I think you look like a clown. I think you're a thief. I think your husband deserves to be you know, dead and killed. And she would be like, well, hi, honey. Least introduced. my name's Tammy Faye. How are you? And she would sit there and have a conversation with them. And 98% of the time win those people over or to get them just even more irated. Like, why are you being nice to me? So I've seen it lived out. At one time, my parents were the butt of the joke of this country. You know, I went to high school and would have to fight off kids because they hated my parents. I Like I said, I just last week I'm dealing with a, more than one person who's telling me I'm crazy because of my parents or that I must denounce my father because he has, and he's telling me all these speakers that my dad has on. And I'm like, you know, what should I obsess and like draw a map of conspiracy theories behind me about my dad because... I just want him to be a good grandpa. I just want my kids to be happy that they got Lincoln Logs from him. I will take crumbs from the table. So if you think that this is Jesus saying like, don't talk to toxic people, the going the extra mile thing is is kind of, sorry, It's might be time to go to DBT or, or time to get into a community and start working through some of this stuff. And starting to ask yourself, why am I afraid to communicate with other people? Why am I so angry? It might be time for it to be like, okay, so I will not talk to those people who don't recognize it. Well, why? Well, because I am a saint and I won't talk to evil people. No, why? Why won't you communicate with the other? What is it that you see inside yourself that maybe you recognize there that is causing you to fear a conversation like that? What has got into you now that you can't hear something that's not true? Why can't you speak truth to authority anymore without destroying it? Give to everyone who begs from you. I wish I, I don't always do that. I mean, I don't do that in front of my kids. Kids are like, where's that guy in a sign on the side of the road with his family? You know? I'm like driving by like, oh, because I need money, (laughs) you know, uh, not the best example. So I'm just saying these are the Beatitudes as well, folks. And you know, some of the best people I've seen, I think another, like I said, this people asked me yesterday, like where could conservatives and evangelicals and progressives get together? Well, helping the poor, helping the poor would be a great thing that you guys could do together. You could just promise that there'd be no theology talk and just feed the poor how awesome would that be? Okay, we're all just going to shut the hell up and not demand our own way or not have a freaking like try to change each other. We're all just going to do this because there's groups of people who need homes, who need to be off drugs, who need medication, who need to know how to fill out uh, a job, uh, 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 you know, fill out, fill out a job application you know, I struggle with writing. I, there's been times where I needed friends. I have to sit down and be like, hey, can you check this out, make sure I spelled this right, did this type of thing. I mean, there is compassion for people that we could be doing it together. You know? Often, like, when these big mega ministries would fail back in the 80s and everybody would be like, good, let them burn. They didn't realize like these people were putting more food in the mouths of homeless people than anybody else. And that all stopped when those people burned down to the ground. So learning is a great opportunity. Disagreeing well, great opportunity if we could get together through the poor or people who are dying of AIDS or people who are sick or the elderly. You know, we're just, America is just pumping these people out, folks. I mean, there is homeless encampments around me everywhere I go. And I am one emergency away. I am one missed paycheck away from being there with them. You know, so this is like, this is the reality. Now, those are things that could bring people together, but what I'm arguing for, and I'm trying to argue well, and I'm not even arguing, I'm speaking to you about, is how we can do this. Now, I'm going to talk about the next part here is very counterintuitive. It is loving your enemies of the Beatitudes. Remember I said most of us practice the D-attitudes? You can just assign D or C-attitudes if you want. That's the more British version. Um, You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, this is Jesus, once again, talking about the Torah. Okay? You heard? And so, Jesus is coming on and changing the law again. Okay? This is is a big deal here, folks. This is why people talk about the Beatitudes. It just seems that people get really fuzzy on the Beatitudes near the end. Um, But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your father in heaven. Sorry, that was the Bible gendering God, not me. And I don't think God has a gender, so there you go. Enjoy that. <sighs> um Okay, I just saw someone say somebody else. These people assaulted me and broke my neck and hurt me. Okay, that, that's, not argue, that's not arguing well. I mean, that's, you're in danger. I, I'm not saying put yourself in danger. You know, I'm not saying, you know, go to a place where you could be killed so you can argue with people, all right? Let, let's temper that a little bit, okay, folks? Now, those that might be a situation for you to have forgiveness in the future, you know, and let that go just for your own sanity, just for your own heart. Okay. But I just want to make that clear, you know, and that's the thing with these situations is that I feel like people always come in and we come in with the craziest situations of like, we've got to have an asterisk. So here's the situation that I had and there's nothing like, you know, and so there's also, we've got to be able to sure that we practice common sense and safety in the fact of this too. Now, of course, you've got people like Dr. King who were taken, his life was taken for this situation. So I'm going to also ask you, sometimes these situations, that's what you're called to. You're called to these situations. You know better. And and there was a time in the early 2000s where I was threatened. My life was threatened. And, and I didn't really change anything I did. You know, so there, there, there's things that you do have to weigh. So I'm not saying, you know, put yourself in physical harm here, folks. But I am challenging you to heal from those pains. I have had to heal from my own pains and from my own abusement. Um, I had a couple Marines when I was 12 years old really me up as a kid when I was 11 uh, because of who my parents were. So I get what it's like to be abused. And I get what it's like to have pastors talk about bullshit. I don't know, I see there's some heavy conversation going on here, and I just, I often wonder, like, it's a struggle for me to have these conversations sometimes, because also it's like, you have to remember, I'm just a guy, and I might be right, I might be wrong. What I'm saying is, I'm saying this as a Christian, and I'm not saying you have to do this or don't do this, but I'm saying this is what Christ has called us to do, um, And pastors are wrong all the time. That's why we call this a gathering. I don't like to use the word pastor. But we also have to remember that when we sit and we listen to these pastors and we put them on pedestals, that we're also the ones allowing them to be on pedestals. So sometimes we also take the place, we, I'm going to trust them. And a lot of times it's because our parents told us we could and blah, blah, blah. So we were raised that way. But we also like, you know, people get so angry about Mark Driscoll in this town. And I'm like, yeah, but you attended the person's church. You went there, you, you freaking gave money. <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't just that Mark Driscoll was a dick. It's that you guys bought it. Like pe- we play a part. We all, there's nuances to these issues that we all have to accept our parts as well. All right. I'm getting a little bit off. Um, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor but hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and the sound of rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. So what Jesus is saying here is we're in, a, we're in a place where we have to realize like we've got to live and let live. You've got to live and let live in this situation. Because you're going to have righteous and unrighteous. Sun rises, rains on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. Life happens. For if you love those who do... Well, here, here's another one. I think this is really good. And this is the challenge here. This is, this is Jesus. For if you love those who love you... What reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? Now you have to admit that was pretty slimy of Jesus there. Like, well, don't even the Gentiles do the same? You know, aren't even, (laughs) don't even Gentiles agree? You know, Jesus had some issues with Gentiles. And we're going to talk about that in a second as well. You know, but, Hear that again. And if you greet only your brother and sister, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You know, do not even the tax collectors do the same? When he says, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? He said, There's nothing special about that. So if you're just like, Well, my ministry is to love people who love me, <laughs> my ministry is to agree with people who agree with me and do that. That's why it's such a radical idea for revolution to say we want to be a church of of um uh, of diverse thinking not just diverse everybody's like we want to have be a rainbow yeah but you want to be a rainbow and you want everybody to think like you you know our thing is like we got to have diversity of thinking we got to have people on the right and we got to have people on the left i have a very conservative friend who reached out to me today and was checking on me and seeing how i was doing and if i was alive and what was going on and what blah blah, blah 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 and who loved me and cared about me And they don't agree with my theology, and that's or my whatever my my belief system, completely my politics, completely. And so it says, don't even the Gentiles do that. And it says, be perfect. Therefore, your heavenly Father is perfect. So it's a high road. Be perfect, as God is perfect. But what it's saying is, is God is love. This is what Jesus is saying. And the perfection here is love, is loving others. This is what's going on here, folks. This is, this is the thing. And the thing is, what I got a lot of pushback from people was, I don't want to be around people who don't like me. I don't want to be around people who don't recognize me. I don't want to be people around people who don't love me. And Jesus is just saying, like, Well, there's not really any evidence of me and your life or your faith. There is no evidence in your faith if you're not able to love those who don't love you. I know this is not a popular talk. I I swear I get, uh, even when I do Galatians, there's pushback on this. But if we don't learn to argue well, well, one, the church is disappearing. Really great churches I'm watching close down and disappear uh, every few months there's an announcement of, of one that I wish, like the few that I respect are gone. Um, unfortunately. And now it's gotten to the point where the, most of the people who, who leash, lash out at me angry and upset are, are liberals and progressives. And it's, it's wild to me that this is happening. That these are the folks that don't want to love their enemies. These are the folks who were usually the ones that were always known for loving enemies and, 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 and not always, you know what, when my parents fell, it was conservatives and liberal Christians. They were all just, that's another way, area they, they united is, is treating my folks and my parents like, you know, lepers or Scarlet A. Um, scapegoating, all, they all scapegoated equally together. No one wanted to take responsibility, uh, for them. Um, so I get that. But what I'm trying to do is say, that's not what we can We can't do that anymore. We're breaking people's lives apart. You know, we were so shocked when, when people were kicking out their gay kids, you know, and now we're teaching those kids that they've grown up to kick out their conservative parents. I mean, it's like, remember what they did to you? Now you get to do it back. Revenge. You know, and we'll call it Christianity. We have church and it makes everybody comfortable. You know, when we meet in a place, and we're interfaith now, so revenge is okay. You know, it's like this isn't why I subscribed to, to this faith. What? Because grace is a beautiful thing, and grace is unfair. And there's a reason I have like a ring on my finger that says grace with an anarchy symbol. Is because it's tough, and it doesn't. It's it is anarchy at times where it doesn't up to any system but the O remembers order is that we can have order on our own without groups without these groups leading us and these denominations telling us what we must do that we are or we are able to be orderly human beings amidst this anarchy on our own but even Gentiles do that now there's another part in Matthew 15 Where you could justify some of this actions, so I'm going to let you know because it's worth you looking at and seeing that that people can say, "Wait a second, Jay," but Jesus did. Now, Matt. Now, the, Paul, the apostle Paul comes along and even raises the, the higher bar even more. To be honest with you, but Jesus has his, his moments here, and so in Matthew 15, Jesus is. Uh, Matthew 15 21 it says, Jesus left this place and went away, distracted of Tyria of Sidon. Just then, a Canadian woman, what? A Canaanan, Canaanan, T woman from the region, of, region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is tormented by demons. But he did not answer her at all, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, "'Send her away. She keeps shouting after us.'" You know, she's she's making a lot of noise, you know, not comfortable. "'Send her away.'" And so that's what they said, "'Send her away. She keeps shouting after us.'" He answered, "'I was sent only to the lost sheep.'" So he answers to this woman, "'I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel.'" So he's saying, "'I'm only here for the Jews.'" This is what Jesus is saying. But she came in out before him saying, Lord, help me. He answered, and listen to this. This is Jesus being a real jerk right here. Is it fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs? So this is another, you know, this is, you could use it. This is another verse here where you could say, hey, well, maybe I'm only called to a certain group and I see these people as dogs. And you think I'm being an asshole here. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just, this is what the Bible says right here. But Jesus repents in the moment, though, too. So you have to look at this. She says, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done as you have wished. And their daughter was healed instantly. It took Jesus some convincing for this Gentile woman. So it's going to have to have conversations, and sometimes we're even sitting there, are, are, are arguing. Well, we're arguing well with the Son of God. <laughs> we're arguing well with the Messiah, going like, "Yeah, but not, but you know, I'm going to argue for a little bit more inclusion here. I'm going to, you know, even those people that you feel that you weren't here for." And Jesus says you're right. You're right. I tried to exclude you and now I can't exclude you because you 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 argued well. And I try to stay out of Galatians, folks. I really do. But it's like an addiction. I really like the Apostle Paul and I really wish the church would get rid of the pastoral epistles and get back into the Apostle Paul. Because I think that's one of the reasons why we're not showing grace and why we're not arguing well, is because Paul says so much about doing that, and everybody's like, Paul said this, so screw Paul, you know? Screw Paul. That's my, my new name. Screw Paul. Um, Romans. Romans, see? Because I want to go through Romans. I went to Romans Freudianly. And because I know a lot of people have a problem with Paul because of Romans, what he actually said in there. But pastoral epistles aren't Paul. We got to rip it out of your Bible. Um, Galatians 5. So Jesus had to evolve too. So listen to this. This is not, I'm not, you know... This is, that's why I'm, I'm arguing, well, I'm arguing for something that's, that every one of us, that in even the biblical sense had to argue, I mean, when, when Paul gets called to read the Gentiles, he's like, you want me to talk to who? And see what? <laughs> you know, like, these folks eat bacon? It smells really good. <laughs> you know, and then the whole book of Galatians is him begging two different groups to be unified and come together. And so this is part of that book, and book of Galatians five thirteen. And now please hear this. And I am sorry that we've lost half of the the crowd at this point because this this is a part that I think is vitally important and I hope people will come back and listen. Um, enough so that I I I had forgotten the part of 13 and I went back and and rewrote this in because I think it's this, I think this is really, really a vital part. We just lost somebody else, see, and this is a really vital part. Um This is right after Paul wishes that a group of people that were unsettling them would castrate themselves. So obviously there's contradiction in all of this. You know, we're all struggling, even Paul's struggling. Paul's saying, accept everybody, except for these folks, because I just wish they'd cut their balls off because they're causing me so much trouble. So everybody struggles with their enemies. Everybody struggles with those who come in to cause, diver- uh, not diverse, well, d- d- to cause, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Division. Everybody struggles with it. Paul struggles with it. Jesus struggles with it. Everybody's sitting here struggling with it. But the call is is to do your best, to be known by love, to love those who hate you, to take care of those who don't want to be in your presence. So hear me out. So right after Paul says he wishes these folks would castrate them, he goes, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. Now when I was growing up, when I was growing up, the self-indulgence was, don't use the opportunity to listen to rock and roll music, secular music, and, and, and have premarital sex and smoke cigarettes. You know, that was pretty much the message. It was like, put on a happy face and don't do anything bad. At least pretend well that you're not doing anything bad. So he goes, use your freedom and opportunity, but not for self-indulgence. But you have to look at the rest of the verse but through love become slaves to one another. Slave, there's not a happy word, and Paul knew what slaves were at the time. Um, that was a big practice at that time. Um, become slaves to one another through love. For the whole law is summed up in this single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what I want to say here. Is that we've got to be careful not to become the mere of what the mere version of what we hate, you know? And I, I see that so much with people who have like these, like the ex Christians Christians podcast or the former Christians podcast or the angry Christian podcast, you know, and they're, and they're all like really progressive and they're like, eh, I've got a rainbow. and We do all this stuff, but we hate these people. These people are ridiculous. They're so stupid. Let's make fun of them. And, you know, look at the things they do. And we used to be part of it and how hilarious. And look at Donald Trump and what an idiot, you know, and all they just, and while they've done is they become a mirror version. They're just the negative version of who they were before or what those other people they're pointing fingers at. They're just like, it's like they're literally looking at themselves in the mirror. It's just opposite world. We hate you for the reasons you hate us. And there we go. And there's no grace. There's no loving your enemy. There's no doing good to those who persecute you. You know, it might get you a hell of a lot more followers on social media. It might get you a lot more donations to your ministry, but that is compromise. That is being self-indulgent. You are being self-indulgent when you sit back and go, thank God, when you're like the Pharisee, thank God I'm not like those over there. Thank God I'm not like that sinner over there. Thank God I'm not like that, those Pharisees over there. Thank God I'm not like those evangelicals over there. But you think everybody should accept your lifestyle, the way you live, the way you think, and that you're right, and that those people are wrong, and then those people think the same thing of you. So if you don't think that's some sort of weird, like you're taking some weird indulgence and that you're some not some mere image of these other folks, you've missed it. You've just traded one extreme for the other. You've just traded one legalism for another version of legalism. One hate for another type of hate. So this is what happens when we don't argue well. This is what happens when we're worried about conflict. We go straight to war, and that's canceling. You're canceling that whole group out because you're saying they're all fools and they're all idiots. And it might be the leaders are the fools and the idiots, but you know, but we do such broad strokes that we go those are all those people are bad. You know what's crazy is is, is sometimes I look back at these people who really loved my parents in the hardest times. And I look back and I realize how conservative they were and I go like Oh my gosh! They were such like. How were they so compassionate and loving? Like even me, I get confused. It doesn't make sense. It's called contradiction, folks. That's why Hegel writes all about contradiction. That's why I have a piece of metal I wear on my chest that says "contradiction" and nuances and things like these. Because I've seen some of the most loving, compassionate people on social media get super angry with me because I posted something that says, just because I disagree with you, it doesn't mean I hate you. And all of a sudden it seems like I'm not, I thought better of you, Jay Baker. <laughs> I'm, and I get this too. I'm really disappointed. You know, and it, does it hurt, sting a little? God, yeah, it does sting. And it's things that I have to sit there and have to say like, well, what about Dr. King? And what about this? And what about that? You know, I'm like, are you mansplaining to me? No, I'm having a conversation. Are we insane? Have we gone nuts? Like we have figured out so many ways to not argue and not have issues and not have conflict that all it is is complete war or complete isolation. We look at cults and go like, isn't it crazy they kicked their families out and they did all this and they couldn't be with their families? We do the same exact thing. We kick the, we isolate, we go, we're not like them. I don't want to be like this, you know, to the point where we get sayings of like, if I go like, well, I'm not like those Christians or other Christians, then people are like, oh, I've heard that one before. You know, like we can't even defend ourselves. So we're such a jaded group of humans That when people defend themselves and say, well, not all cops are that way, or not all women are that way, or not all men are that way, or not all whites are that way, or not all blacks are that way, or not all Asians are that way, you know, and we, oh, quite defensive, you know, the lady do protest, I do say, too much, you know, and it's like, so we've just made it impossible to have any conversations or defend oneself or walk in and say, well, you know, I think differently. Oh, sure you do. And we won't know unless we have a conversation. Or you argue, argue, well, a hashtag's not going to freaking solve it. So it goes on to say, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when you are self-indulgent, we're just being indulging in ourselves because we're saying, like, I don't indulge with the enemy I gave that up a long time ago. What you're saying is I've given up following Christ and I've given up following Christianity, and I and I cherry pick just like the other side does, and I and I'm self indulgent. The legalists have their self indulgent because they tell the control, control, control. They raise tons of money. They do great stuff. Blah 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 blah. They do horrible stuff. Blah blah blah. blah but they indulge, and then they do don't do as I say. I mean, do as I say, don't do as I do, because that's what you usually find out about most of the folks on both sides who who, who do this stuff. And um, there you go. Now, am I against these people? No, I want to argue well with these people. I want to sit down with these people. And I've sat down with Rick Warren. You know, I've sat down. Well, I sat down with Rick Warren's people. Rick Warren wouldn't meet with me. But I've sat down with his heads of staff. You know, I've sat down with Joel Olstein one-on-one, have a hard conversation. You know, I've sat down with with people and pastors and people who didn't like me and didn't like the people I was with. That's even, that's the weirdest part. You're like, you don't see, you know, I'm fine, but everybody else in the room is bad and I'm just bad by association. You know, that's another weird place. So I get it. I get it when your friends are being attacked. That's when you get the most angry. And you want to be like, don't worry, I'm gonna hate these people on your behalf. And then they're like, whoa, slow down. Don't don't let that eat you up inside. So it goes on that Paul says here in 15, if however you bite and devour one another, this is my one of my favorite parts, take care that you are not consumed by another. You end up destroyed, you end up consumed. They win. Your hate for other people eventually takes over everything within inside you, your inability to have a conversation with people who disagree with you because that's just life and life's terms. That's one of the things I learned in 12 step program is that I had to learn to live life on life's terms or it wasn't going to work or I'd have to deny it through the bottle or I'd have to deny it through religion or I'd have to deny it through drugs or through pills or through abusive behavior or through over collecting or through overspending or through over whatever, you know, um, I would have to find other voids to fill these areas if I didn't front of it. I, I would became very self-indulgent. So here's the thing is legal liberal legalism is e, e, will justify every everything it does as well. And like I said, we control one, you know, we trade one control or or, or one um uh, one country club for another country club. I've decided to move over to that country club. They're a little bit more accepting. <laughs> no longer going to hang out with those people, even though that you were those people over there. Us and them. So, so it doesn't matter to me if you are progressive or conservative. Legalism is legalism. We're all having the adventure of missing the point. But this is the practice of Christianity, is loving your enemy, loving your neighbor, walking the extra mile, having hard conversations. And doing it out of respect, learning how to communicate out of respect is important. And you know what? And part of arguing well is not just your mouth. It's also your ears learning to listen well. And it's not for the faint of heart, but it's good for the soul and the world. Otherwise, we go to war and we stay at war. And I'm tired. I'm tired of the fight. I'm tired of the war. But you know what, it's also why I wake up every day hoping that somehow these words will get through to people and change people and change the church. So we've got to stop othering the others that we seem unworthy. You know, we've got to stop othering those who we judge as unworthy. And that's what we've done. We have... We have become, uh, we, we are othering those we have judged unworthy. We have othered, uh, my progressive friends, you have done a good job of judging and othering, not all of you, but some of you have done a really great job of othering the conservatism. My conservative friends, you have a long history of very well othering those. I mean, goodness gracious, what's really funny is I have this personal account where I share stuff with my kids on one of the social media things. And most of the people who follow me are people I grew up with and stuff, and a lot of them are conservatives, you know? And one way I could tell was I put up the fundraiser thing and i was asking people to support revolution. And it was like, purr, purr, purr. it was like, chirp chirp, 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 chirp. And I even wrote, like, I know most of you think I'm a heretic. <laughs> you know? You said anything. 500 kids. Kids are back. 500, you know, 70 likes. Kids are back at school. We love it. You know, like, hey, I need help. Oh. Oh, it's weird. We just, someone must have not shown up in the in, in the Facebook messages. You know, you must have not gotten the, the, the. You know, that one must have just something must be wrong with. I'll, I'll report that to Facebook. Um, so I get it, and it's hard not to be like upset. You know, it's hard to be like. You know, God. God will take care of me. No. Sorry, I'm not going to go crazy, but man, it's really tough to do this. It's not it's not for the faint of heart. We want grace with an asterisk. We want to love our enemies with an asterisk. And you know what? I could preach this on and on every week for the rest of this year and use different verses to prove this point. I could do it. I had such a cornucopia of, 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 of biblical texts I could use to argue why arguing well, why loving our enemies, why going the extra mile, why not saying an asterisk next to grace, or an asterisk next to arguing well, or why it's okay to disagree with people and not hate people who disagree with you. It's okay not to hate people who don't think you're worthy of being alive. That's we usually when we, people like that are alive, we call them saints. And we call them saints because it's a very unusual thing to do. And then when they die, we really celebrate them. But I say, let's celebrate them and let's celebrate those folks' lives, like my mother and Dr. King and Malcolm X and Gandhi. Let's celebrate their lives by reproducing their work because that's what they were called to do. They were trying to get us to reproduce that love, to reproduce that grace, to reproduce that those conversations to they wanted to see things change forever those weren't works of just like here's a little song hope you enjoy it and then it goes away no they were saying this is what i am saying and this is not just the legacy of me but this is the legacy of my faith this is the legacy of my religion this is what changes all time you know like i've got all these books by by um by freud A lot of people don't like Freud, but most people don't really know what Freud said or didn't say. They only know like a few bad things he said. But he wrote really well and really simple. And I think the reason he wrote well and simple was because he wanted a legacy of people who were healthy and knew about their mental health and knew the reasons we do things and the way we treat each other and and, and know what the unconscious is and what we're dealing with and what childhood experiences, how they may reflect in our life every day. Like This is the work that was meant to be reproduced. You know, these books and Jesus' words and stuff were written down because they wanted to see them reproduced, not because it was just a nice story that maybe we could make a film about one day or something like that to entertain us. That's my talk today. Um, We have a special guest speaker next week. Uh, Our friend Zoe will be with us. Very excited about that. And I will be at Steve Peter's memorial service next week. Uh, and being a part of that and so I'll be in the air coming back from the memorial service. And to honor Steve Peters I would like to ask you all to donate to Revolution because that's the one thing he said I never did enough of and he would always push me to do is ask people to give financially. So I will ask you to share this talk with other people, talk about this talk with other people, try to put, apply these these ideas to your life with other people. It's not easy. It does tough. I, I, I struggle with it all. I'm struggling with it right now. i got somebody I'm very upset with right now, and I'm struggling. I'm struggling with it. It's not easy. But you can go to revolutionchurch.com, and if you like what you hear and you want to continue to see this go out and this word spread and reproduce, and it's not about my legacy. These words are coming from Jesus and Hegel and and, and and Dr. King, uh, uh, you know, and even Freud, and I, uh, and all these, you know, I'm just wanting to be a messenger that continues this message, and this message carries on and continues to grow and reproduce. You don't have to build a statue to me and be like, he said some nice things after he died. You know, that, that I don't need that. What I do need in order to get this message out there is for you guys to support the work, and you can do that through. PayPal and um, We got the other one uh, Which I can't even remember the name of right now because I'm so exhausted from this talk because I really did put everything I have into it and I really do believe it firmly Um, But we have two different ways you can support revolution and give Venmo. Yeah, thank you So you can you can support revolution through Venmo or PayPal. It really helps us and uh, You can do that by uh, helping us out. We don't have Zella. We have Venmo though. We have Venmo and we have PayPal. So you can pretend like it's the 90s and PayPal. And you can do monthly donations and that helps us go. It will help us get a place. I'm going to be doing more talks uh, on the week. If we bring in enough money, I'm not going to have to get a part-time job. If we don't, I'm going to get a part-time job and that's fine because that's going to help support this work. And that's what I'll do. It's just that depends on when we do that Roman study and, uh, and really look into that. So I love you guys i love you all this is all straight from the heart i hope it encourages you well to do well and uh argue well and to love each other well and uh you can sit with it and let it just just let it slowly cook all right thank you everybody tune in next week zoe's gonna have some awesome stuff we've had some great conversations they are one of the biggest encouragers to me in my life and they really um are there in the darkest moments and 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 even when i don't want to talk they are there to be like you're loved you're doing good whether you like it or not so that's pretty cool so uh that'll be next week and I'll probably send you all a message uh, uh, on Instagram and stuff from, uh, from Steve's memorial service in Los Angeles next week as uh, we mourn uh, our friend and mentor uh, and, and revolution leader. Thank you everyone, bye-bye.